praise the Lord. If you would turn with me to Jeremiah 7, 23 and 24. Jeremiah 7, 23 and 24 say, But this thing command I them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and ye shall be my people. And walk ye in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well unto you. But they hearkened not, nor inclined their ear, but walked in the counsel and in the imagination of their heart, of their evil heart, and went backward and not forward. And I have another two verses to read that will be on the screen. 2 Corinthians 11 and 3 says, But I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. And Genesis 28 and 12 says, And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on earth, and the top of it reached to heaven, And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending. And so with the help of the Lord tonight, I want to preach to you snakes and ladders. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I ask you, oh God, I know that this message has come from you. I pray, oh God, that you would help me to deliver it. I pray, oh God, for clarity. I pray, Lord Jesus, that your word would go forth and not return unto you void, but that it would hit and it would grow, Lord, in the hearts of your people. Lord Jesus, that we would hear your word this evening. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Direction determines achievement and success. To be successful in something, one needs to take steps to move forwards towards that thing. Goals in life can be achieved if we take the direction towards the goal we aim aim to attain. To become a physician is a peculiar direction of study that one must undertake. Each step in this direction is a step forward bringing you closer to that goal. There's a starting point, and as you move ahead of that starting point, you are moving forward. Forward is a positive direction with which we associate life, growth, progression, improvement, achievement, and success. Backward is the opposite direction to forward. And when we move backward, we move in reverse from the starting point further away from that which is ahead. We move, we move away from success. Backward is a negative direction and with, with which we associate regression, deterioration, failure, and even death. And because we make these associations, we don't want to move backward. We all desire to move forward, just like in Snakes and Ladders. The board game Snakes and Ladders originated in India around the 13th century. It's been around a long time. And it is known worldwide by different names. And although 
It may vary slightly from country to country. The original concept remains the same. Landing on a ladder will always take you forward and landing on a snake will always take you backwards. Snakes and ladders have, just like life, have instructions. And the instructions in life were established from the beginning by God. We do not have the authority to change the rules. They do not vary from country to country and culture to culture, but they remain the same for all people everywhere. But unlike snakes and ladders, the outcomes of life are not determined by chance. They are determined by choice. We have been given the choice to learn the rules and to apply them to our life. To adhere and obey these rules will always take us forward. But disobedience will always move us backward. These rules are found within the pages of your Bible. Every account, every life story recorded within its pages reveals truths about God, about humanity, and even about our enemy. These truths will equip us to move forward. They will teach us what obedience and disobedience looks like. We can choose to change our direction. We can choose to obey the word of God. And in doing so, we can go from moving backwards to moving forward. Salvation is just the beginning of a life of obedience. God expects us to continue to move forward. This morning, this morning, this evening, if you have not obeyed the salvation plan of Acts 2.38 where we repent, we're baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, that's your starting point. That's where it begins. That's obedience to the word of God to reach that heavenly city. Hallelujah. There's no point in obeying the laws. If you don't start there, God expects us to continue to move forward. His spirit and his word work together to bring the necessary changes to ensure that we continue to move forward. Each time we're confronted with an instruction from the word of God, we have the choice to obey. Each time we obey, we progress, we grow. However, if we resist instruction, and do not obey, we will begin to regress. We step back from what God desires for us. And this action has the potential to gather momentum and is a slippery slope, or rather a slithery snake backwards. The challenges of life do not disappear because, of our, because our direction changes. However, we are equipped to make better choices. Now when we encounter snakes... We will, and we will encounter snakes. We do not have the power. He does not have the power to take us down unless we allow it. We have the choice not to entertain what the serpent suggests and continue moving forward in obedience towards God. However, should we choose to stop and pause to listen to what he has to say, we give place to the devil and he will take advantage of us, and we will go down. Eve's interaction with the serpent in Genesis 3 
teaches, teaches us not to give time, place or space to the serpent. We know that Eve is near the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We do not know why she is there. But this is the tree that God commanded that they were not to eat of the fruit. For in the day that they, would, they ate of it, they would die. Eve may not have known what to die meant, but she certainly knew it wasn't good. The serpent, however, knew exactly what it meant. His pride had caused him to rebel against God. And because of his rebellion, he lost his lofty position as the anointed cherub in God's throne room and was banished from heaven and cast down, doomed to death and ultimately hell. So in his subtle manner, he asks Eve a loaded question. In Genesis 3.1, the second half of that, he says, And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? He's never upfront about his intentions to take us down. And he makes it sound as if it's in our best interest to hear what he has to say. This is how he intrigues us to stop and to listen. Eve answers his question without thinking about who it is that's asking and relays the information that they can eat of every tree of the garden, but not of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They won't even touch that, lest they die. Yet here she is in the vicinity of the forbidden tree, close enough to have dialogue with the snake that's coiled around one of its branches. And none of these, none of these details escape the serpent's observation. He is an observer of humanity's behaviours. Nothing escapes him. You can't trick him. Now that he has engaged her in conversation, he moves in for the kill. And he plants a seed of rebellion in her mind that will appeal to her pride. If she takes the bait, she will begin to have the same kind of thoughts to the ones that caused his downfall. Her desires will override what she knows to be right. Genesis 3 verses 4 and 5. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall, sh- ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Eve takes another look at the fruit on the tree. She decides it looks good. And so she begins to wonder what it tastes like. She reaches out and she touches it. And nothing changes. She allows her hand to hover over it, perhaps feeling the texture of the outside of the fruit before she plucks it off because she's determined that, oh, it's, it's ripe enough to eat. And she holds it for a moment longer before she contem- and she contemplates what the serpent has said about not dying and knowing good and evil. She doesn't question the snake, where he came from and what he was doing there. 1 John 4 and 1 in the message says, Don't believe everything you hear. Carefully weigh and examine what people tell you. Not everyone who talks about God comes from God. No, instead of questioning the snake, she questions God's motives and what he was keeping from them. 
And so she decides to find out and takes a bite. But nothing happens. So she convinces her husband to take a bite and hands the fruit to Adam. We are not given the interaction here except that we know that he also did eat. Up to this point, Adam and Eve had enjoyed the blessings associated with a life of obedience to God's ordinance. They they had enjoyed the presence of God, his provision and his protection. However, as soon as Adam did eat, they immediately felt the change of direction. They felt the backward fall and the separation from God. They felt the blessing, protection and provision of God disappear, disappear and they felt exposed to the elements. They discovered what it was to feel the weight of guilt and the shame of disobedience and they rushed to hide their nakedness by making aprons out of leaves to cover themselves. And knowing that their coverings were insufficient, they hid themselves from God when he came to meet them, as was their custom. The blessing of obedience was snatched away and replaced by the consequences of disobedience. The curse of sin began its reign on earth with pain and sorrow and sickness and death, the new normal. The serpent's agenda was unleashed into the world to steal, kill and destroy anything that looks like God. And that puts us in the firing line. Made in the image and likeness of God. You remind him of what he has lost. You're made to worship God. And that's what his prime purpose was. And now you... You get to do what he was supposed to do. We are the object of his hatred. Because unlike him, we have the opportunity of redemption. We can choose to change our direction. His end is determined, but we, we have a choice. He will use the carnal nature to his disadvantage. He will continue to be subtle in his use of pride, to cause us to disobey the voice of God and ensnare us into moving backwards, away from our purpose of God, away from an eternity with God. His intent is to take us with him into hopelessness, darkness and ultimately hell. And he will continue to deceive by undermining God's word and looking for opportunities that he can twist into looking like truth. However, the word of God exposes him so that we're not ignorant of his schemes. We have the Holy Ghost and we've been empowered by the Spirit of God to disable him when we, when we refuse to hear what he has to say. This morning, Pastor shared the scripture, John 1, First uh, John 4 and 4. The, the last half of that says, because... Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He is in the world. Our enemy is in the world, but we have the Holy Ghost, which is greater. We have the power to say no to what he has to offer. James 4 and 7 says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. And how do you do that? You obey. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. We can counteract his lies with truth. 
we must call out his attempt to deceive us. We must be aware of his charm and not allow him to corrupt our minds with thoughts and ideas that exalt themselves above the knowledge of God. Regardless of the snake that is in our path, we can choose to pass it and move forward. We can choose to obey the word of God. We can choose to believe the simplicity of what God said is true. God's intention for humanity is success. He did not create us to go backward and to fail. He has given us everything we need to succeed. When we obey, we will go forward and progress towards his plan for us and grow in him. And as we move forward in obedience, we will encounter ladders. Ladders give us access to things that are naturally beyond our reach. When God puts a ladder in our path, it is an invitation to take part of something outside of ourselves. He is inviting us to participate in what he is doing in a plan greater than our own. They are personal interactions with God that draw us closer to him. They are callings to greater commitments and consecrations and service. Saying yes to the latter takes you to another level in your obedience and relationship with God. It takes you deeper. If we choose to say yes to a ladder, it will move us further forward in our walk with him. In Genesis 28, we find Jacob on his way to Haran to live with his uncle Laban. He's being sent to not only find a wife, but to get out of harm's way. Esau, his twin brother, is out to kill him. Jacob had not long tricked his blind and aging father into blessing him with the blessing reserved for the firstborn, his older brother Esau. This wasn't the first time he had swindled something that wasn't his from his older brother. He had conned Esau into swapping his birthright, again, which is reserved for the firstborn son, for a bowl of lentil soup. And now he had both and had officially become the patriarch of the family. Something... I think he kind of felt was rightfully his anyway. Before the boys were born, their mother experienced extreme discomfort. She didn't know what was happening to her, so she asked the Lord for an ultrasound. God explained that there were two nations struggling within her womb. And one nation would be stronger than the other, and the older should serve the younger. And sure enough, when she delivered twins... Jacob was born holding on to Esau's heel. The sibling rivalry was real between these two from the beginning and now it had come to Jacob having to leave home and family because his brother was really mad. Before Jacob is sent on his way, Isaac blesses him with the blessing of Abraham. Genesis 28, 3 and 4 And God Almighty bless thee and make thee fruitful and multiply thee that thou mayest be a multitude of people and give thee the blessing of Abraham to thee and to thy seed that thou mayest inherit the land wherein thou art a stranger which God gave unto Abraham. After he had been travelling for some time, Jacob camped in a certain place and after making himself as comfortable as he could, He fell asleep and he dreamed a dream. 
and in his dream he saw a ladder that was set up on earth and the top reached to heaven and the angels of God ascended and descended on it. And in this dream, the Lord identifies himself and reiterates and elaborates on the promises of the covenant that he had made with Abraham and with Isaac and now he was making with Jacob as well. Before this time, Jacob had only heard stories about his grandfather's interactions with God. Perhaps the stories, although intriguing, make Jacob feel that God was out of his reach. He was too unworthy for God to speak to or to appear to him as he had with grandfather Abraham. Jacob had been told every day of his life that he was a con man and that he, because his name meant heel grabber and he proved his name well. Perhaps his desire for the birthright and the blessing was an attempt to have something from God. And God gave Jacob a ladder and he spoke to him directly, drawing him, drawing back the veil of the physical so that Jacob could see a spiritual realm where angels go about doing God's bidding. And as God is telling Jacob that he would be with him and protect him wherever he went, Jacob watched angels going up and down, busily going about their designated assignments. And he made the connection between what he was seeing and what he was hearing. When Jacob awoke from the dream, he knew that he had heard from God and he called the place Bethel, which means house of God. And using the stone that had been his pillow, pillow, he poured oil on it and consecrated that place, Bethel, which means house of God. Ladders are not an everyday occurrence. They happen occasionally, And like the mountaintop experiences, we don't live there. It's very uncomfortable to live on a ladder. When God requires us, what what God requires of us is that we would love him and express our love from him by obedience to his word day by day. We read this morning, John 14 and 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. Jesus' words. From the beginning... God's desire has been the same, that he would have a people that would choose to love and obey him, that he would be their God. Day in and day out, obedience to God's word is the only way forward toward him. And the reward he has for those that diligently seek him and seek to walk in his ways and apply his word to their lives He wants us to incline our ear to his word and his spirit as it convicts us and teaches us how to live in a manner manner that is pleasing to him. That is the way forward. The things that please God do not necessarily make sense to us. And we sometimes struggle when we see something in the word of God and we think, Oh, that's a bit old-fashioned. That can't apply to us today. But know that this word does not change. He wants us to hearken to his word. When we do not hearken to his word or just apply, or we just apply what appeals to us, we're walking in the counsel and in the imagination of our own heart. And this is the sure way backward. 
I have seen people in our time here, seen people walk through these doors and love the presence of God and love what they feel and they come and then the word of God, after a little while, the word of God is preached and the word of God is preached and the word of God is preached and then they stumble because the word of God is preached and they walk out of these doors never to be seen again. It's never good when you come to something and you say, no, the way is not forward. You may find something that suits you, but you will go backward in God. Science and technology may advance and go forward, but but humanity is in moral decay because they've rejected God. They have chosen to go backward. The word of God tells us this will happen when we choose to hear the whisperings of the snake over the word of God. Know today that there is a ladder that has been extended from the throne room of God. It is a ladder of repentance that that leads us out of the pit of sin and puts us on a forward path. It leads us out of the trap of our own thinking and leads us to the word of God. Do not be deceived. Doing your own thing has never, ever, ever worked for anyone. God is calling us to obedience. Is there something that you're struggling with tonight? Sister Denka, if you would come. Surrender to him today. Walk away this evening on a forward path. Is he calling you to consecrate yourself, to commit yourself completely to him and surrender to his plan for your life? Leave this place this evening, walking towards God and not away from him. Why don't we stand this evening? Tonight you have the opportunity to make a commitment to God to know his word, to hear his voice, to obey his voice and endeavour to walk forward into his promises and his blessings. Regardless of what life throws at us, we can obey the word of God. If we love the word of God, we can't say that we love his presence, but we can't hear his word. We can't say we love God and yet we do our own thing and and decide that "Eh, that's a bit hard to read or it's a bit hard to understand. We live in an age where there are so many translations where we have a dictionary at the tip of our fingers, we have a concordance. We have, we're a generation that has no excuse. We cannot plead ignorance like the dark ages. So tonight, if there's something, perhaps we need to search our hearts, perhaps we need to ask God, Lord, is there something I'm not doing? Is there something that I'm not giving to you. 
These altars are open this evening. Don't hear the snake. Don't sit there and think, I'll be okay. It'll be fine. Know that he is coming back soon. If you haven't got the Holy Ghost, you need the Holy Ghost. If you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, start there. (laughs) These altars are open this evening. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.